My mother told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in Asian and in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi, I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. I'm Sky. And today we want to talk about our favorite time of the year, maybe Christmas. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> We've been talking about uh, Christmas in dramas. And how it's it's not really the same as it is here. Like no. here, Christmas is huge on TV, right? It's like, I mean, even like Netflix, there's like 50 different, the Christmas Prince and the yeah. Christmas Switch and the yeah. Christmas Staples and the like they're whatever. Like, it's like a like Hallmark. Moments, like yeah. A Hallmark. Yeah. Like there's just, which is kind of K-dramas all year round, right? Like, they're <laughs> always these, like, tropey romances. Like, In that sense, yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised when I first got into K-drama that there's not these, like, even just little drama specials, that there aren't the two to four episode Christmas drama specials, because you'd think, like, that's all we get at Christmas time yeah. here. And it's like a drama uh-huh. special did come out recently, but it was about like Japanese occupation and opera singers. So <laughs> not Christmasy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Christmasy at all. But yeah, over over here in the West it's very even if you have a type of drama that wouldn't usually do Christmas a ton. You get a Christmas episode. Like, even if it doesn't make sense, you kind of get a Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah like, I'm enough. pretty sure there's, like, a supernatural Christmas episode. If not Which makes more no sense. Exactly. <laughs> like, the demon or... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There are X-Files episodes that are Christmas. Oh, oh, oh I'm like, sure. Totally. Like, every, everything. At, like, Buffy had a Christmas episode. Yeah. Like, they're, they're everywhere. But mm-hmm. not... I'm not in K-dramas. I'm not because, because it's like, you know, it's not like a national holiday. Which is a little weird for me, given the um, level of Christianity that we see in Korea, in South Korea. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are members of the church, nominally at least, and they have sort of that um, more old-fashioned Christian moral system in a lot of things, at least in the dramas. And Yeah, uh, I think it's sort of like they've, they've blended, like, this sort of old-school Christian morality with Confucianism, which yeah. le- leads into a lot of, you know, stuff, social problems that we won't go into today because we're trying to keep it light and pleasant. Yeah. I think that'd be the main holiday they would adopt, like, out of all the holidays that would yes. maybe come from that. Yeah. It would be Christmas. Like, what is, is a big deal there, though, because, I mean, you do see it in every drama, whether they address it or not, because the dramas are all current, not all of them, but most of them are aired, like, they're filmed as they air. If you're going to have a downtown scene, there's going to be a Christmas tree. There's yeah. going to be shops that are you know subway is going to have garlands and wreaths <laughs> right so it's there but they just don't always talk about it or I, have a gift giving christmas party have, i know yeah. that in, in japan it's treated more like uh like sort of like a another valentine's day like it's like an excuse mm-hmm. to like for couples to get together and eat chicken have, yeah um, kentucky fried chicken <laughs> kentucky fried chicken but uh that it's yeah. like a 
holiday. It's not a family holiday. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a lover's holiday. Mm. To chastely hold hands and blush about it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you confess or kiss in the first snow. So oh, yeah, the first like snow. Like, first snow on Christmas. Like... I, I, like, I actually joke about that with my husband. Like, every time, like, the first time it snows, I'm always like, oh, honey, it's a good thing we're together during the first snow. Like, that's <laughs> that our love is eternal. <laughs> so, <laughs> and what does he say to that? He just goes, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's nice, honey. <laughs> He's a good bean. He's a good bean. Um, <laughs> but, so, saying that, I, but I do think in Oh My Venus, I felt like they kind of did a little Christmas party twice. Well, they had like a they party. Did. It wasn't. It was like a found family party. And so it was, it, yeah. to me, it did feel more a little bit family-ish. Yeah. I, yeah, I think when they do Christmas in K-drama, it seems to be either it's like an opportunity for romance somehow, right? Like he's going to give her the romantic gift or the the you know the first snow confession. Or it's the let's solidify this found family trope that we've mm-hmm. been building up and now we have a Christmas party or a dinner yeah. or a, you know. Something, whatever. a date. Or, yeah. Or Especially with Henry. 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 Front of the tree. Oh, yeah, with Henry. With Henry yeah, they, the needed, they needed to give him his oh, little violin. They're like, oh. <laughs> they're like, okay, hey, listen, we've got my, Henry. <laughs> he needs to play the violin. You know, I bet he's. Sounds like a Christmas Carol, but just playing beautiful lady. Like, <laughs> but he's making sound like a Christmas Carol. He's in front of a Christmas tree. Like, he's <laughs> the, like, he's kind of a cute little nod. Like, yeah, it's Christmas, but also it's still this show. <laughs> and I think, uh, like, I just watched Legend of the Blue Sea mm-hmm. and Christmas. It wasn't like a huge, huge thing, but they did have a little bit of a like a plot device in it of um, like there was a Santa there who wrote your wishes down and then they put them on the Christmas tree and it kind of helped further things. So like like the little kid that she was friends with, like just wished that parents would be able to come watch her in her Christmas play or whatever. Mm. And they couldn't. But. Because these two adults that are friends with her saw this on the tree, they then all went yeah. and they made sure she had people. And for found, found family wins again. Oh. Yeah. oh. Well, you, you mentioning the Santa thing, it reminds me, I think in Witches Romance? Yeah, it starts he's off. dressed as a Santa. That's he's great. Just a I Santa, and that. he's chasing oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> Or something. It's like the very first scene too. Yeah, hot, hot Santa. And it's like <laughs> a 15-minute chase scene of him <laughs> running through for a while. I feel like that was like play more for laughs than to like celebrate the season. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody was like, oh yeah, he was in a Santa suit. Oh, hot Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would have to be my holiday watch now. <laughs> first episode. Hey, you know what? That, that show's pretty spicy. But it like, is. I really enjoyed it. I did yeah. too. I. I found it kind of dragged in the middle, but like it. What? Like, that drags in the middle? What? <laughs> drama? Like, what? Dragging so, in the was middle? It what a what a, what a shock! So, how was it in Come and Hug Me? If you don't know Come and Hug Me, it's not a very happy show, and they really you only 
no, it's Christmas because of the decorations, but it's a huge kind of device in the show. And this is not a spoiler because it's the running thing through the entire thing. Her parents are killed during Christmas and they're basically beside the Christmas tree. So every time there's a flashback, you see the house completely decorated, which is a little different because the family did decorate their house for Christmas. You just don't see any of the traditions or anything that happens. That's always that's, it's kind of a darker take. <laughs> yeah. Christmas yeah. cheer. Uh, I always also enjoy watching like, you know, like the V lives where they'll have like, you know, the different groups like decorating their Christmas tree. Yeah. As yeah. I forget who it was, but there was a really funny one where they finished decorating the tree and they were so proud of it. And then they turned around and one of them accidentally elbowed it off the table and they were all like, no. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now we're going to have to find that. So it like must be like a thing, but it's never used as a, a real plot device. In Well, it's just the fact that there isn't there aren't these like whole episodes or entire series that are Base. You know, there's never a, like, Korean Santa at the North Pole with his elves <laughs> drama. It would totally have been something we would watch for this. We'd be like, <laughs> yes. It'd be hot Santa. Santa. It would be hot. <laughs> Come on. <That> would be- <laughs> I'm sure, like, you know, like, for kids shows and stuff, there's probably, but we don't really, you know, watch the Pororo Christmas special, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our, our jam. But they definitely they bring it in for the uh, music show competition stuff and stuff. All of a sudden, everyone that's standing there at the end of the show will be like, "Let's sing a random Christmas song poorly, <laughs> awkwardly." And yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny about it is a lot of them are being pretty professional and happy, but then you get a few goobers who are like way too excited, and so they're like shaking their bum <laughs> at the audience or just just being nuts. And everyone else kind of looking at him like, that's awkward. Okay. And then and you always have, like, you know, key off to the side. Just like, no. I don't want to be a part of this. Why is this happening to me? Why am I contractually obligated to do this? I also kind of like, I find it interesting that it's like more prevalent in K-pop, especially because in terms of what's marketed to Western culture, K-pop is more like marketed. So they definitely like kind of pick up on those things and like focus on it more, just trying to kind of get people into listening to the music. Maybe not intentionally realize that, as I said earlier today, uh, Christmas, Christmas <laughs> out, <like> the redhead stepchild. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, what's wrong with redheads? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> just saying <laughs> that they're, you know, the lamest of the albums. And I just, I, they're, 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 they're rarely inspired. No, you know I mean? like, really just once in a while of... you get a really good Christmas album k-pop or english or whatever that's clearly inspired and they put their own spin mm-hmm. and their own take on the songs but nine times out of ten it's just let's just sing the same old songs the same old way and we'll make a video of us playing in the snow like it, it just comes um... <laughs> oh, always like throwing the snowball like <laughs> Natalia's okay fanfic take. So I I I'm gonna assume that uh, literally none of the listeners of this are part of our group chat since it's just the four of us. Um, 
and I am the only person <laughs> who has never seen the movie White Christmas. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing about it except for the 20 gifts that were sent to me after I said, I have never seen White Christmas. There was no plot given. They just kept ending gifts. <laughs> So they were basically just gifts of people dancing in various locations or eating. Those were the two. I, well, I have to admit, that was some fancy food. <laughs> but if I was to make up a random plot based on the gifts that were sent to me, the um, plot was that it was a group of drag queens who received notice that their beloved drag show was being shut down right before Christmas. And decide to put on one last extravaganza, aided by the men who love them, to draw raise money to save their beloved drag bar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, I can't be 100% sure as I've never seen it, that this is not the plot. <laughs> However, those gifts you sent me were definitely elaborate, elaborate drag show quality. <laughs> like, like, especially, you know, I'm, okay, I don't want to be mean to the women. It was a different time. But they were, you know, a little mannish, some of them. You know, just putting that out there. Very, you know, powerful thighs and all that. Um, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how those gifts read to me. Now, what's the actual plot of the movie? No one as I was listening to this, it made me think, how on earth am I going to describe White Christmas? <laughs> they all go on vacation. They don't really know each other. They meet each mm-hmm. other on the train. Well, they sort of meet. You know the blue gifts where the dancing, dancing with, with the, the blue with the fan? The uh-huh. girls, they do their show. The guys are there to watch it. And then the girls, they go back to like offer constructive criticism or something. Like, because, hey, we're famous guys in the business. Yeah, the, well, we the can, girls you know, also, they invited them there under yeah. their friend or bo- brother who was in right. the army with them because they're just get they just got out of the army so like and, well they've been out of the army for a yeah. while but like they did like a show they and they yeah. are showmen and then the girls are also doing they do a show and they're kind of trying to break into it so they're hoping that they can like get some help from these guys that mm-hmm. know their brother or whatever and um and then there's like a whole powerful. thing with some dead collector <laughs> coming after them or something <laughs> So the guys, in order to buy them time, go out and, like, pretend to be them in little bits of their costume and do the number again, which distracts everybody in the girls' so, escape. So, there are drag queens, is <laughs> what you're telling me. A little bit. And I wasn't and it's, like, it's like a two-minute thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they all wind up me. on the same train to Vermont, and when they get there to this lodge it's their old army commander's lodge mm-hmm. like ski lodge that and they're all like oh, it's our army commander and you know and his lodge is about to go on out of business because there's no snow in vermont for christmas so, so how can we save his lodge you, we'll, yeah, I, we'll you bring know, I got some plot points correct. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I think not exactly, but yes, they like they have to save the the lodge and they bring their sets and everything up to this oh. lodge and all they hope for is that it will be a white Christmas and then of course the like the sisters 
and the two buddies all, you know, fall in love and hijinks ensue and, you know. I always love those movies where people fall in love over the course of, like, a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it ends. And I'm like, ooh, that's a doomed relationship. Like, you know, like, well, uh, enjoy this one-week courtship. Yeah, see, you know what? I wasn't that far off. Like, I I could have been a lot more far off. True. The fact that they put on a show to save a location. Also the plot of the Muppets movie, so. Yeah. The classic plot. <laughs> and they, they do a trope in it, because uh, it kind of like K-dramas, you know, a fake engagement thing. Oh, yeah. To try to get the other couple together, and then of course it just all like implodes. But then it, then it all ends okay, so. If we were reimagining this movie as a K-drama. As I, said, I feel like, you could do it. Yeah. But I, I think that it would be, like, slightly different since there's not, you know, the whole thing. So it would have to be, like, a small theater trying to save itself with a big Christmas show, as it were, as, you know. And then, like, for some reason, there's, like, a CEO that wants to, like, shut it down through the magic <laughs> of love for one of the leads, like, changes his mind after a hectic board meeting. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this is an idol drama. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's musical, and we're going to, you know, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. keep that aspect of it. So you're going to have all these characters that are supposedly, you know, world-weary, like, thespians who, you know, mm-hmm. are just so tired of this life and never getting, you know, famous or whatever. They're all played by, like, 20-year-olds. and yeah. <laughs> Either that or they're all played by members of Super Junior. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a Super Junior vehicle, let's be real.
Yeah. Well, they didn't care about age graphs in the movie, too, because That's true. Bing Crosby and the girl, it's like, it's like a 23-year age well, difference. Well, then it's perfect. <laughs> so it's, it's perfectly perfect. acceptable. I love that, like, we would want like, this needs to exist now. <laughs> yeah. This is the problem of us doing like, this. Hey, we have a great idea. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she has to play um, the Danny Kaye character because he's the goofy one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then maybe get one of the um, the actors who's a little bit more mature, who's actually a musical theater actor to play, (gasps) you know, somebody like maybe like even Shinrock or um, Shin Sungrock uh, from Last Emperor, right? Because he can mm-hmm. play kind of very or, solid um, and, you yeah. know, great personality, but he can also be, you know, romantic and he sings and, but What's you know. his name? The guy, the guy from Oh My Ghosts, Joe Jung Suk. Yeah, him. He's, he's a really good I, musical actor. Oh. And he's that nice. Hmm. Nice face. Like him and Shiwan playing off each other, like oh yeah, yeah. That, that would I could see that working. Mm-hmm. And then you have like you know Heechul coming in as the no Heechul could be that faux receptionist girl <laughs> character in the show. <laughs> In drag because it's Rachel. So, I mean, she just has her tissue with her in the entire time, crying. Yeah. There's yes. this gossip chick, essentially. She's a housekeeper and she's a busybody, and so Heechel playing that would be pretty darn perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd love them. So, are we going to do other reunions of some Christmas flicks? Yes, yes, we are. Yes. Been thinking, <laughs> I've been thinking passionately about my favorite. <laughs> Christmas movie. So we all have different favorite Christmas movies. Mine, yes, mine is Die Hard. <laughs> of Which, course. I'll, I mean. fight, I'll fight someone who says it's not a Christmas movie. It is. It has the, the spirit of Christmas within it, you know. He just wants to get home to his yeah. family. Yeah, he, just yeah. Wants his, he just wants his wife not to divorce him, even yeah. though does like in the next movie so whatever (laughs) (laughs) spoiling it for me like that's not even a plot point like they were kind of a doomed couple to begin with (laughs) my favorite part about die hard is it's the opening scene where he's on a plane and has a gun in a holster and nobody thinks it's weird (laughs) 90s right there like that's that's okay (laughs) he's like i'm a cop so i can like still can't carry What's everyone else's favorite Christmas movies? Mine, I think, is Miracle on 34th Street. I just the original, the old, old, old one. Natalie Wood yeah. is the little obnoxious kid, and yeah, I like that one. Yeah, we're not a super like Christmas movie family. Like we watch it, but it's not like like part of a tradition. But I'm I love Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's also can be a Christmas movie. So hey, he dresses up like Santa and delivers. He goes to Christmas Town, okay? Um, it has Santa. Christmas in the title. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And and you can watch it in Halloween too, and it's a it's, dual purpose movie, really. It, just, it goes fully through the holiday season right through to the end. Yeah, yeah, you just keep on watching it. Right through to Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't have to Day. put it away. It's the only right. movie you ever need to watch. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and the end of December. <laughs> 
think my favorite one, usually people haven't heard of, but it's by the same director that did It's a Wonderful Life, Frank, Frank Capra. Uh, it's called Meet John Doe. It has Gary Cooper in it. It's a very Depression-esque era type thing, but it's it's very love your neighbor as yourself type redemption story thing, so that gets me. But um, Elf is kind of a go-to easy one that everyone knows about. So It's true. Elf is a solid one. I don't even think I've watched Elf for the past couple of years because I watched it too much a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm take a little Elf break. Le gasp. <laughs> and then White Christmas, of course, but we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we going to uh, recast these movies? Yeah, I yeah. think we should. Korean leads. I uh, thought about this for like I, I thought about this for quite a while. I spent a long time today when I should have been working, like thinking like, like literally like changing my answers, coming up with justifications for why I picked who I did. Like I, it was a real scientific process for me to make Korean Die Hard, despite the fact that we recently discovered that Korean Die Hard kind of already exists. Yeah. The movie The Tower, which we still haven't watched because we can't find it. Legal. I can't find it. But I can't even find it. Not illegal, illegal, so. like, <laughs> but uh, what, we'll find it one day and we'll like yeah. we'll compare. It kind of leads yeah. me to believe that maybe it's just as good as that Jisoo transgender drag <laughs> story. Maybe it's a sign yeah. that we shouldn't try to But the harder they make, a... the harder they make it yeah. for me to watch, the more the more you want it. <laughs> I like to work for it. So. In in my diehard recap for the t- titular, not even titular, for just the main dude, John McClane. Now, the, I'm going to, you might disagree with some of these, but I will justify everything. That I, all right. For my lead, we got Soji Sim. One, I love him. Two, he really showed his action-y chops quite recently. And Terry is behind me. So I feel like he'd be a good, you know... Crawling through the ductwork. I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> as long as the ductwork is big enough to house said broad shoulders. Well, it doesn't matter. It's magical, you know. Yeah. It's magical. Um, duck. You might have you to know, take your shirt off in order to slide through for some reason. Yeah, I'm not like, sure you know, why, but it's just going to happen. Oil himself up to, like, get... <laughs> um, he won't complain. Uh, and then he has his... You know, the cop who's outside working for him. Now, this one it was one of my, you know, might I might get some kickbacks for it. Now, originally in the original Die Hard, the cop was like a middle-aged sort of, you know, useless character, but also fun. But since I'm reimagining this in the Korean aspect, I decided to go with Kang Han Nol. Mostly because you then have, like, the young cop that nobody takes, you know, the rookie cop. That no one's taking uh, seriously. Yeah? Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> then you have Hans Gruber, played by Alan Rickman, the main terrorist dude. Um, I went Jang Hyuk with it because, okay. you know. All right. Done I think it, it was. will allow that. It's allowed. It's allowed. Yeah. So then we have uh, Carl, who's the main henchman. I went with Jung Il Woo for that, make it sort of like a younger, sexy henchman cast. And then for Pete, <laughs> who's like the hacker who like gets into like where the bearer bones are, we got Kim, we got Woobs. You gotta bring those eyebrows, bring in the Woobs. Nice. And then you have like the third main terrorist, the only other one who had a name, uh, Eddie. Eddie the terrorist. Uh, I just went with Song Jae Rim because I just love him. And I feel like, you know, he needs more work. 
he's good people. So there's also a character um, called Harry Ellis. I know that I'm bringing in all these characters and you're like, <laughs> people Now, if you recall, there's like a sleazy executive who tries to like broker, you know, sort of a deal. deal. Between, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went with Lee Kwang Su for that because I feel like he, <laughs> he could play like sleazy fun that makes you sort of love hate him, right? Then you have the two Agent Johnsons. There's Agent Johnson one, Agent Johnson two, no relation. Because they say that a secret. They say in the movie that there's no relation. Oh, did they? Okay. I want Ha Jung Woo and An Jae Hyun because I feel like make like a fun pairing between the two, like sort of a bit of a comedy angle. And then you have the most important character with the most important man, Argyle the limo driver, <laughs> played by the one and only Kim Won Hae. You gotta bring him in. And finally, you have the sleazy reporter who like sort of outs John McClane as be- when he goes and interviews his family. I went with Rio Jun Yal. I haven't seen him in a while, and I feel like he'd play a good sleazy reporter. The wife. I forgot to cast the wife. <laughs> oh no! If you could see her face right now, she's shocked. Like, yeah. terror. <laughs> she just put her forehead on her desk. She has failed. I forgot wife. I forgot Holly. Okay. You just did uh, all the men. Listen, I, I'm so shocked and surprised. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm uh, Han Hyo Ju. I feel like, you know, from W, I feel like she'd be, because Holly Gennaro doesn't show up that much and she just sort of spits venom when she does. And I feel like that'd be a good role. A good role for her. Fair there, enough. see? I did it. I did it. <laughs> I cast. Holly, if I like to be honest, I think the movie passes the Bechdel test, which is not great. But I just this has a special place in my childhood. Every movie has to, like, I mean, like it's kind of like yeah. the only female in the show. So how is it gonna pass that? Yeah, there's also the like an unnamed pregnant coworker, but she's not that important either. She just goes like. And then, like, yeah, that's, that's like the whole, you know, contrast. Well, I guess if I'm recasting Miracle on 34th Street, I haven't put as much thought as Talia did this, so look at the lead. Um, you need somebody who can play like the the mom is, you know, uptight, well dressed. You know, she's not one of these cutesy kind of women. Um, so I was thinking my I was kind of thinking like Leah Elijah or some mm-hmm. okay or I think because when I started to think about what I want to play the guy somebody kind of popped into my mind and so I think what I would go with for my my top pick is Liel okay. as the class okay. mom um, because I think she can kind of do that strict high-end you know businesswoman I think mm-hmm. you know she was goofy in that Kwayugi, but she also was in control. She was getting her job done and doing it well and managing the men around her pretty well. Um, and so then part of the reason why I'm choosing her is because I kind of would like to see Cha Sung Wan be mm. the Because, again, he's fairly, like, he's a lawyer, but he's also kind of goofy kind of has like that fun side to him so I feel like he would play that but also I feel like 
in Huayugi, there was like some chemistry going on between him and Liel that mm. never really got played out well. So I wouldn't mind seeing them play opposite each other in something again. And then I tried to think of like somebody, like an older actor to play Santa. And I couldn't really think of anybody that really jumped out at me that I what was about- like, yeah. What about Lee, uh, Lee Soon Jae? I don't know. Uh, one second. I'm trying to think. The reason it's not Kim Won Hae. He's to play Santa Claus. <laughs> my other thing was, there's not a lot of, like, fat Korean actors. I mean, once you get into the older men, there mm-hmm. you do have a little bit more. Like, uh, Lee Soon Jae was in, was in My Princess. He played the, the, the grandpa. Okay. Oh. He, like, like, he's in, like, everything old like you know grandpa type actors that I mm-hmm. could see any of them could do well what I kind of the first person to pop into my head who's not old at all but just the idea of it made me laugh was the idea of um Dong Suk yes! <laughs> yes! that would be so good <laughs> that would be great so yes that's my just dream buff casting Santa. buff Santa might be a little bit of a different story but uh, probably be a a love triangle (laughs) 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 between the mom the lawyer (laughs) 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 for nightmare before christmas I didn't get as much as Na- Natalia did, too. <laughs> but I think my Jack Skellington is pretty awesome. Like, I don't see anyone else in the role of Jack Skellington more than Eamon Key. Just, uh, it has yeah. to be. Of course. Yeah. It, he fits perfectly. He fits visually. It, it would be perfect and great and wonderful. And is he wearing guy liner? I of mean, course that's... he is. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. And then he's singing in it too, so it's great. For Sally, I was trying to think of someone, and this might be on a limb, but I kind of just want to like throw it out there and see if it works. I don't know. I, as far as I know, they've never worked together, so I don't know their chemistry. But I picked. Won Jin Ah, she was in Just Between Lovers and also Life, that uh, hospital one with Lee Dong Wook. I just really like her acting style, and it's very kind of like calm and like believable. And I think that would be really good for Sally because she's kind of got that kind of tortured character. Because I mean, her character is really sad in Nightmare Before Christmas because she's locked in the tower, you know. Um, sad eyes. Yeah, I see them together. I I think. I would like to they see would, that. They would be pretty. They would be, they would make beautiful. They would movies. make a, yeah, visually they're great. I just have never seen them together. So I don't know chemistry wise, well, but I guess he was it's Eamon like, Key. So new with just between lovers. She like, yeah, and she was really like, that good was like in pretty it. much the beginning of her hmm. career. So yeah. yeah she, and let's be and honest, Lehman Key could have chemistry with a cement block. So that's very true. <laughs> I forgot just as I was doing this to um, actually cast the the scientist guy that has Sally under locks, <laughs> and I'll have to think about that. <laughs> um, it'd have to be super smart guy. No, I've got him on here for another thing. <laughs> Wait, wait, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Is Kim Won Hae the guy whose head turns around? Yeah, he's the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's perfect. He's a character actor and he has to, like, do all those things. It'd be great. He's going to be perfect for it. So I don't know who who could work. Oh, maybe um, it'd be a little interesting, but he's a good character actor. The the actor who plays the dad in Because This Is My First Life. What's his name? 
gangster. I call him Gangster Face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his actual name is. But I, I don't know. I'm like, I have Gangster Face. I'm terrible with names, so I don't know. But I think he actually might be really good in that character too, because he's good at that kind of like yeah. extreme characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he always showed. He was in. Uh, he just. Showed, he's always. You know, he's Gangster Face. He was in Terrace. Yeah, 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 he was Gangster just in He's in everything. Yeah, what was um, he, he was the the main villain dude. Yeah, he was like. Uh, yeah, he oh, had the. He is in everything. He only, he only, yeah, yeah. He only showed up like in like the last four episodes. Yeah, like maybe in, in there for twenty minutes total. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, so, Kim Young Oak. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See what you're saying. Gangster <laughs> face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, and so for Oogie Boogie, you know, the main oh. villain, this one was a little hard because I was trying to, like, find someone because I feel it really needs to be, like, a soulful person. And I was, I couldn't think of anybody, but I think possibly uh, Shinsun Rock would be really great <laughs> as Oogie Boogie. Mm-hmm. Just put, a, put him I, in, like, a... When you were saying soul. he's, like, a bad guy who's soulful, I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. We I just, just love I him. I know. Yeah. So we're just going to cast him in everything. But, yeah, I think he, <laughs> yep. he might do a nice little spin on the character, so that might be fun. And also, he needs to be kind of, like, Oogie Boogie really is kind of very evil in this, this movie, yeah, so you need someone... Kind of, but compelling at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, I want to know what's in him, spiders or whatever. <laughs> um, and then there's, there are the three trick-or-treaters, um, Lock, Stock, and Barrel, and I kind of went on a limb, because I really wanted them to be a trio. <laughs> And I don't know, they probably could do well. I mean, it's just trick-or-treaters, so it's okay. And I'm kind of bringing some idols into this drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Edon, Yana, and we would be great at <laughs> Stock and Barrel. <laughs> yes! 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 So. Beautiful. <laughs> I thought Love that it. three would be really great, and they'd also play off each other really nicely. They they'd have, they already have the chemistry. It works. It's perfect. <laughs> This is casting right now. <laughs> and then I also had, um, I, I uh, cast uh, Zero, the, the dog, the ghost dog, um, as the dog from Still 17, because oh, super cute. Oh, I knew was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then as my last um, casting, this one's like a little bit off, because uh, who I'm going to pick is not a Korean <laughs> actor, but for Santa, because I was thinking of a Santa and he's not really in it. He's mostly the time he's just like with Lock, Sock, and Barrel and just like, you know. He's kidnapped. He's kidnapped. But I thought the dad from the Thai version of Kiss Me, the dad of the, yes. the guy, he would be really good at Santa. He would. So that's why I did. Yes. But it also might work because Santa's coming from a different land or country. So it could be a different ethnicity. I, but I'm for this. Yeah. <laughs> Alternate casting idea: the dude from uh, Kevin from uh, The Greatest Love, the random white guy who shows up and is like, "All the ladies will love you." He's like one of those really bad white actors. That, like, <laughs> That's true. He can do like just random white actors, <laughs> like who are supposedly American but have like Bulgarian accents. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> I could have gone for like variety show entertainer too. Like it'd be like a guest role, like a like surprise. Sam Hammington. Guest. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> That would work. It's really, really great. He's got the, the Santa uh, shape. Form. But I think it would be like perfect <laughs> because it would just be like just someone they were like you t- can tell that they cast it 
purely because of who they were and yeah. it'd be great <laughs> you have to have one in every drama like you do. it has to be those you test do. roles right so yeah exactly. that's how you get people to watch it's okay so mine i did not cast until we started the podcast so it'll be interesting <laughs> yes i like how we just like kind of like we started at the top we just kept going <laughs> i'm glad i was last Let's just put that um, so, oh, like i was speaking on myself and i was like uh let, let's see I'm you're like oh no they put more effort into this than i thought <laughs> I was over here trying to think of random other Christmas games, and they're all, like, in-depth casting in the meantime. <laughs> so, mine was Elf, therefore I only picked the two leads. Yeah, that's fine. And I copped out really bad and did uh, Strong Woman Bong Soon pretty much just over again. Ooh, that would actually <laughs> so, be, yeah. Yeah, it actually yeah. could be great. Without the creepy, just Elf with... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah! No, I'm with you on this one. I can see it. Because, yeah. I mean, it, I started out trying to think, who could pull off Elf? Like, you have to think of who's going to be that silly, who's going to be that extra, who's going to be that kid-like. Mm-hmm. He could do that. Yeah. And then I she could also so see... cute and tiny and yes. probably sing. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I could also see Krang Sue doing yeah. Elf, right? Because he'd be oh, good yeah. Yeah. have that really visual great. height thing, you know, in yeah. the beginning when he's like doesn't fit and stuff because he's so tall and long and And like, he's sort of and he's got that like goofiness to him that would really lend himself well to the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of physical comedy oh, so it oh, could work too. out. Oh. And I, still I don't know why, too. I just love him so much. Yeah, I love him too. It would only come to, like, his waist, so, like, but it would be funny. It would be adorable. Yeah. Well, they, 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 were, they were in a movie together. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, like, an ongoing thing on Running Man collective, about them. Collective oh, invention. Yeah. But, but, but he only, really good he friends. Just, he only appears as a fish-headed man in that movie. The movie is really, is surprisingly good. But um, yeah, a fish headed dude. Like Quang Tzu playing the, the he just in a, he's literally in a fish costume for ninety nine percent of the movie. It's yeah. amazing. Okay. Um, I actually really enjoy that movie. Do recommend to anyone listening. It's, it's, it's surprisingly what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, I think I've seen pictures of it. It's like like. It's, like, surprisingly sweet and, like, poignant, poignant, surprisingly poignant film for a movish-headed man. (laughs) All right. And I didn't think to cast it out of Elf, but, I mean, that's kind of the other main character, I Mm. guess. And let's just put Kim Wan-Hae in that, because you got it. Yeah. He's got to be in every one of these. He can can do anything. Might as well. He can do anything. He can be anyone. He's the master master of disguise. And he can be there, too. He's good at scheduling his time. (laughs) Clearly, he will be there. His his manager must be the hardest working manager in show business because he is in, like, 90 shows and is not dead. So somehow... And the quality of these shows varies. I mean, it's not like he's picky. No, yeah. like, but he's always good, no matter yeah, how bad the good. show is. He's giving his all. He's bringing, he's bringing something to the table, even if the show isn't. <laughs> even if the lines are crummy, he's delivering he's those things. So for like, what holiday dessert would we be? Okay. I also thought 
pretty long and hard. They came up with that concept, what, an hour ago? Well, I guess like, like an hour ago, but I'm the next hour of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here, here is my answer. Okay. Those little, like... Santas that are made out of strawberries that, like, they put, like, chocolate to make the little faces and little marshmallows on the top, and, you, you know, and then yes. little strawberry Santas. So, that's me, because they're cute and delicious and somewhat healthy, but also extremely unhealthy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. I have those little strawberry Santas. <laughs> I have not put any thought at all. So, yeah, I thought we were just going to, like, name each other. So, to I'm just trying to think. So, these are probably not traditional for everybody, but my mom used to make these cookies called Top Hat. And it's, like, a little chocolate cookie. It's a chewy chocolate cookie that has, like, nuts in it. And then you cut marshmallows in half, and you put a marshmallow on top of it, and then you pour like chocolate over top of it so it's like it's hard so it looks like a little top hat and they're delicious and I'm going to say that's me because it you know a little nutty a little fluffy love it and chocolate yay okay so my mom she doesn't bake a lot but one of the like main cookies that I remember her baking and to this day it's like one of my favorite cookies she does this date nut coconut cookie Hmm. and it's just like I've never had it anywhere else but it's like a Christmas kind of staple in our house. So I chose that one um, just because it's a little different because I'm a little different, <laughs> um, but it's also got some of like the staple taste and yeah. um, just, the it's feel. like, got a familiar, yeah, it's a familiar cause it's got coconut and it's got some pecans in it and it's like basically a sugar cookie and then it's got mm. some dates in it, which Probably are kind really of close cool. to like fruitcake-esque type thing, but it's so much better than fruitcake. Fruitcakes. Hmm. No, I don't like fruitcake. Well, it depends on the fruitcake. My aunt makes this fruitcake that's like, it's not really a cake. It's like the only batter is to just hold all the nuts and the cherries together. And it's pretty uh-huh. good. But uh-huh. traditional fruitcake can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. Like, all you fruitcake haters can come, like, lovers can come for me because fruitcake sucks. <laughs> Considering around my area, there's actually a monastery that makes fruitcakes that made me laugh a lot. But I didn't pick fruitcake for mine. <laughs> I was sure that's what you were going to say there when you started to say that. I was like, she's going to say, I chose fruitcake. And but I'll be like, my comments dance. I would have said it if I liked the taste of it, but I really don't. At the end of this fruitcake discussion. You guys were saying hot chocolate should be me, which could be true. But th- so the main holiday staple in our house growing up was just the Christmas sugar cookie cutout stuff. But the thing was, it never turns out like you think it's going to turn out. Like, it always tastes good. But we would have these elaborate cookie cutters and most of them would kind of work. But if you're doing something with like antlers or it's supposed to be some elaborate legged thing, no. it always breaks or just kind of is a ball of cookie. My and then you think you're making the icing really pretty. Like, you try really hard. Oh, it's always just a mess. I always love when people use the wrong cookie dough. Like, those sort of, like, baking fails where it's, like, sugar cookie dough doesn't expand. But then they use the one that does and they have, like, this, like the pre-cooked, like, beautiful yeah. shape. And then when it comes out, it's like, it's like, just a blob. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love it. Our dough would always expand, thank you very much. So, <laughs> and then, 
the eye scene would always be like too runny, so it was just like this puddle of color. That <laughs> was the eyes would always be wrong. But guess what? It tasted good, so it didn't matter. Exactly. You're messy but delicious. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not too messy, but I'm kind of messy. I guess. It's fine. Being <laughs> is part I'm, of. I'm pretty random. I can take that. Extra, so I guess I'm fluffy. Yeah. Not Some so. things might not have turned out the way you planned, but it's still going pretty good, right? Hey. <laughs> so, we also all watched the first episode of what the name would lead you to believe. <laughs> it's a Christmas show. But, but the reality of it is that it is not. Oh, no, no, no. There is a drama special. It's on Viki called White Christmas. It was 2011. Spoiler alert! It is not very misleading name. Technically, like, not that misleading. Like, it does snow a lot. It's white, and it's during Christmas. It is during Christmas. However, um, it's a tense thriller mystery, (laughs) but it also stars... Like, Everybody. a who's who of before they were famous. Yes. Delight. It's the, it's the group. What do they call them? All the models that turned actors. They have a name for it. I'll have to find it. They have a, like, a, like, oh. uh, sure. I, I only watched the first episode. I, I think I saw you guys talk about it on Twitter. It was like. Because they all are act, or models. And this is like one of their first all together acting. It's so, not Model Mob, but it's something like that. I only watched the first episode so far, because that's all I had time for. But I do plan on watching the rest. But I was really excited uh, for really ugly-haired woobs, but he only showed up for, like, 30 seconds at the end of the first episode. You just have to keep watching. That's true. Um, <laughs> it was a glorious 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but, gosh, that hair is such a such a crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a crime against this I mean, is, it goes this with is his my character. First, it's my first time seeing him. I have not watched him yet in anything. <gasps> oh, really? Your really? first boobs! The, <laughs> eyebrows, the eyebrows! You guys, to be fair, you guys, he's been gone, so... Okay. They're all lunging towards the camera at me. It's cracking <laughs> me <laughs> through the computer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just shove Kim Woo Bin down your throat. <laughs> um, and other than Kim Woo Bin, there's also Hong Jung Chun, who was in like Scarlet Heart and um, some other Saguki stuff. Yeah, he's, he's got like, mm-hmm. he, he likes to ride motorcycles and stuff. Yeah, he's got he's a real sinister, sinister um, face, but and yeah. Lee Su Hyuk, looking mm-hmm. you know all angular and mysterious all the time also shirtless a lot of the time oh yeah no mm-hmm. reason but no really dance service uh, uh kim young kwang mm-hmm. isn't it uh also looking lovely and um he song is in it like you say play girl yeah the only <laughs> female character so right far. now so, so far. far so far people that kind of look familiar but when like i look up there's Sung Joon and Jake Sung Joon. They Sung-Joon all kind of familiar, but not like I can't quite place them. Uh, Sung Joon is the lead in Sunflower Boy Band. Oh, yes, I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. 
I couldn't remember what love him. Was, but I love every time he shows up in a drama. I'm like, he's also um in uh, in need of romance three yeah. and then like Man- Madame Antoinette. Madame Antoinette. Yes, yes, yes. It's, and it's perfect. And is- there's this. A couple of them were supposed to be in this mojito that was supposed to come out this year, but that was a drama fever original. <gasps> oh no. Oh. Why do oh, they hurt no. us this way? Romantic comedy about oh, a cashier uh, with they... a perfect time who sets up a bar that only operates during the day and meets a woman who used to be broke, and the two of them fall in love. Uh, you know what really, chat, you know, grinds my gears about this is that it's been like a couple months since Drama Fever died, and still they managed to stab us in the heart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on a daily Always. basis. Let's like, uh, every yeah. time like their we come across a up. gift that has their logo on it, I'm like, oh, oh, drama fever, you. Uh, you guys do know the second female that's in the show. She just doesn't come in for I a do. while. Are you at that part? Through the whole series in order to finally see her. Do you like to know who it is? Yeah, just tell us. El. Oh really? Yeah. I think I did see yeah. somewhere that she was in it, but I was like, what? Where? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, what? And I'm like, there's no other girls. In the- I mean, I've only watched one episode. So that's yeah, true. That's true. We we're only at one of eight right now. So yeah, you have to get halfway through and then you're like, oh, yeah. another person. Did we it's- also mention they're literally just in their high school, like, which is this like massive prison preparatory yeah prison they also make mention yeah they make mention in the show about people who are escaping army training or military service coming through that area too Mm -hmm. i didn't hear that part yeah yeah it's like this secluded like it's the elite school for the point zero 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 one percent of korea like and it was designed after the louvre Super yeah. rich, super, super, super All they like, do is study. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else out yeah, there. It, it, it sounds like kind of a place that would lead to one, a lot of suicide, and two, a lot of sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's kind of essentially that they stay behind and there's only like a week that they ever get off during the year. Hmm. And that seems this is that week. (laughs) And so like everybody else in the school has gone except for them and the gym teacher. Yeah. And the gym teacher (laughs) who's like the designated. (laughs) Who's like, who's like, yeah, I'm stuck with all y'all. Like, Oh, it's my last Christmas of my twenties, but here I am hanging out. Whatever. Because I must, I must have done something bad in my past life. Like, I'm stuck here with you. Mm. Like, also, so, we have to have always food there. Hang out with you. So, like, here's some, like, expensive wine. I hope you guys, you know, yeah. don't tell me, but I really don't care. Like, like, whatever. We're just like, here. I got nothing to lose. I'm stuck at this goddamn school. <laughs> Let's all just drink together and yeah. talk about the mysterious <laughs> notes that we got. <laughs> yeah, they also get mysterious notes. All of them have gotten this note. They all stayed over school because they all got a weird, mysterious poem note mm-hmm. that they figure out over the course of the first episode that, like, one couplet or line from the poem applies to each one of them. Mm-hmm. It has something to do with them. So they're, like, trying to piece it together and figure out, okay, which line 
describes you and which line describes me and you know maybe and on the eighth day they're going to go to the tower and there's going to be someone dead that's like Mm -hmm. basically the start of the show and they're trying to figure out if it's going to be a murder or if it's going to be a suicide or if it's it's just somebody being you know just being a a piece of shit yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) why would you stay like I'd still go I'd be like, you know what? I'm going home. Just going home. Like, I don't care enough about this. I mean, <laughs> but they also are pretty apathetic about everything. So it's like, uh, they're like, oh, every world I have nothing else to do. I don't really care. They don't, they don't really get to socialize normally. And it's, it's like, Super secure, like uh, both the female and the male dormitories, you have to have a car to get in. There's security cameras everywhere. It's a fortress. And there's also like a gate around the school that's hard to get into before you even get into the school that like still has locked doors. It's a prison. It's it's a prison. Even the dorm rooms have security cameras in them to pretty much make sure that you're doing nothing else but studying all day. That doesn't seem like a violation of privacy. Yeah. (laughs) That seems a little, you know, unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are some pervy little um, security guards at that oh, school. No, there's some, there's some oh. pedophiles uh, working but, at the yeah, school. Sure. Not good. For sure. It's not a setup at all. On the the first night that they're all there and they're having this dinner with wine because the teacher is a horrible person, um, <laughs> they hear like an alarm or a doorbell or something going off at the gate so a bunch of the boys and the teacher like to the gate to see why the alarm's gone off and they find this like man with a bloody head who says he was in a car accident and and the man turns out he's a psychologist Mm. and the teacher because he's a horrible teacher says to the kids well hey this psychologist says he's a psychologist so if you guys have you should go talk to him about it yeah I haven't actually verified his Injury, but probably you should go tell him all your secrets, kids. I have not ran a background check I, whatsoever, I but, like, no, but whatever. One episode. Uh, I feel like something's gonna go wrong with that. <laughs> I wonder. You know, with my vast years of watching drama, I have uh, and reading books and knowing how narrative works. <laughs> like something janky's gonna go down. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> there might be something happening. <laughs> halfway through, I'm actually surprised at the amount of things that got revealed halfway through. Yep. I thought that some of the stuff was going to be revealed at the end, but it feels like there's going to be way more than I thought. Yeah. So it that's is a interesting. Psychological thriller, even for the audience itself. They do right. play up on that. So, like, I, what I was guessing was going to be the mystery, it's like, oh, there's going to be more. Interesting. It's like, there's more to it. It's, there's it's layers. It's like an onion of thrillers. It, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, I yeah. say to these guys, like, when I was watching it, we were saying in the group chat that, like, while I was watching it, I was like, it's kind of boring. I'm not really into it. It's pretty dark. And I, I just... I think I'll just read the synopsis and find out what happened. But like, I woke up the next morning and I was thinking about the characters. Yeah. I was thinking about the mystery. I was like, I wonder what 
this is and what's going to happen. And I was, no, I think I have to watch it. Like, yeah. I haven't had a chance to yet. But yeah, I definitely think I'm going to have to yeah. watch it because it just sticks with you somehow. Like, there's something weird going on there that just sticks. It's a, it, it's a well done. Like, even from, like, the first episode, you can tell that you're in for for a pretty well done wild ride. Pretty, pretty too. Like, they... Yeah. It, very artsy like the shots and the one scene that sticks out in my head is um a scene where they're like talking about Isu Hyuk's character and uh, how he got the nickname the angel and all this stuff and then they walk out of the room and past him and they don't even see him because he's like sitting up in like a window ledge or a rafters mm-hmm. or something kind of like he's this like dark angel sitting up there watching and with yeah. him. They do a and lot then, of oh. really interesting blocking choices with this. Mm-hmm. It's very theatrical and what they do there it's like very specific and like mm-hmm. purposeful. Very purposely and they, thought out, yeah. Yeah, and they do a lot of um the cinematography is really great and they play up light and dark and shadows a lot. Like even in like shots where it's like they'll be in one of the walkways of the school and you'll see it during the day and then you'll see that exact scene during the night and because of the way the architecture like they were playing up with the architecture of the actual building like the shadows are causing all these like crazy lines that are almost like mm. jail like bars on well, the I feel floor. Like, the, and, like it's got some really great things that they do yeah i, I got with the, the entire sense, show i got the sense that like there's these small cast of characters but the, the school itself is almost a dirt yeah because like it's you know the mm-hmm. part of the free part of the and they definitely yeah. don't shy away from dark lighting because so. half the time i'm i'm pressing the key on my keyboard to try to see lighter like it makes it feel realistic as far as mm. when you're in a dark hallway you can't really see much just yeah. deal with it so it, it's cool that it feels realistic most of the time really i really really enjoyed it i watched the entire thing over the weekend and i like basically couldn't stop and i couldn't stop thinking about it it was really great and i it has definitely you said it and i i felt it like amanda said this uh in our chat or, one of your responses, and I felt it like within the first like 10 minutes of the first episode, it's it's a J drama more than it is a Korean drama. Like the tone Very of the much. show is that yeah. way. And it's also almost got a Lord of the Flies kind of quality to it. So if you've yeah. like read that book, you can like mm-hmm. that kind of sense it has, of it has the, like the show sense, is there. A sense of growing dread. Yeah. Throughout, yes. like, yeah. From like. Very you know, much. Where it's like, like you they, know that this is not a good thing. That's well, in that happen. first. In the end of the first episode, there's, like, Isom's talking to the, like, sketchy psychiatrist. And just the way, like, there's nothing really weird or awkward going on in the scene, but just something about it feels mm. off and feels... Mm-hmm. And then it's interspersed with these guys talking, and the one character, Isu Hyuk's character, is, like, high and crazy. And he's going on about the blue-faced monster. And it's obsessed with Isom's character. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the one boy is like, oh, she's, you know, something bad could happen to her. And they're, like, running all over the school trying mm-hmm. to find her. And it's interspersed with scenes of her just having this conversation with the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. That, again, it doesn't seem that, like... It's just a conversation. Yeah, if it was cut, somehow the way it's done fills yeah. you with dread. You're just like, yeah. if it was gonna cut, murder her or like rape her or something. I don't yeah. know what's happening, but something bad is about to happen to this girl. Cause yeah, I don't the, know. The editing, the editing is top mm-hmm. notch. Like the way that they edit it together is 
perfect for the tone of the show. And I, I always really appreciate like, you know, solid editing that can make or break something like this. Mm-hmm. And this is just beautifully done. And th- they do not shy away from long chase scenes. Mm-hmm. So like when they're running through the mm-hmm. school and all these stairways and hallways and yes. it's very pretty, but they do not shy away from the fact that it's going to take a good five minutes Yeah, as you well, that, see them physically going each place. That, into, that leads into the, uh, the school being both a character and an obstacle to everything that to mm-hmm. these, these, these characters as a whole, because like their biggest obstacle in life is this school that they are pri- prisoners at essentially from, from the first episode. That's what I got. Yeah. I kind of like that they played around with that too. And then also, I think it's really interesting um, that it, is actually true to that situation that if the boys don't know what's going on and they they're already at this like state of like confusion and they don't know what's going on they've got this letter they don't know all these things are happening they're gonna act super paranoid about everything when Mm -hmm. isam's character is just having a talk with a psychiatrist and so like that balance is really nice Mm -hmm. because it's like that's actually what those kids would be feeling even if the like scene there's nothing going on. And it's like used in a really great way that it's like, you know, that they're doing also for the audience, but it also it's not like forcing it to fit with the audience and the building up the tension of the audience. It's like creating it natural and like naturally and like building up to it. It feels really subtle the entire time. Well, like I it, said, does, it doesn't hit you over I'm the watching, head. I'm thinking I'm bored and there's not much going on and it's not really that good, but like, can't stop thinking about it later right like the next day you're still like it's still sticking and it yeah it it was intense Mm. do we know how it was um aired it kind of makes me wonder like was it one a week do we happen to know Mm. i don't know but i do know that i think it started at the end of january when they aired it like till March. It looks like it was a one a week or something because it ran from January 30th to March 20th. Yeah, yeah and a week. Even though this is a special, it's a pretty long special mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of like drama specials because it is eight episodes at over an hour long each mm-hmm. as opposed to a two hour, like, four half yeah, it's hour more, thing. It's more of a mini series than it is yeah. a drama special. I mean, to be honest, for me going into this like I knew it was you know it's listed as a like a thriller and you know mystery psychological all this stuff but um probably more because of Wubin's crazy hair than anything else I I thought there was going to be more of a comedic aspect to it like I thought it was going to be something like I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the movie April Fool's Day but it's like it's a a slasher horror kind of Friday the 13th kind of thing where like this girl invites all of her college classmates or high school classmates or whatever to come out to our like island cottage you know cottage on the island kind of thing for April Fool's weekend or something and um and they all start dropping like flies like start Mm. being murdered in horrible ways and you find out you realize that like she actually hates them all and she has this like horrible like you know and you're like oh okay and then in the end it was all a huge elaborate April Fool's Day joke like and (laughs) none of them knew about it she like when she killed them she told them the joke and they were like yes and they were all in on it oh my god 
so they're all like horrified and then in the end it's like this one guy like her boyfriend or something is the last one standing and like he's like oh my god my girlfriend murdered everybody and then everybody like comes back in and is like (laughs) we just traumatized you (laughs) but it was so like it was scary but it was like super funny too like like Oh, and then they like flash back it all, and like, and the guys like, you know, who drowned is like, ha ha ha, and you know, all this stuff. And <laughs> I kind of thought it was going to wind up being something like that, where like it seemed scary, but in the end, wasn't really. And did you, know you think? I, mean? it, I, al- I also thought that because the age group of the characters, like yeah. high school, like how scary, how thriller can that truly mm-hmm. be? Like, so when we were actually first planning this podcast, we were going to be like, oh. We're going to talk about this white Christmas and that white Christmas and make it funny and like all these things. And then we started watching this like, oh, we can't talk about it like that. Oh, this is actually tragic and awful. Okay. Let's not laugh about really serious themes. Yay. (laughs) You know what? It takes a good personality to find humor in tragedy, isn't it? Like, comedy is just tragedy plus time. We've just sped up the time a lot. <laughs> but it was a surprise that it was that much of a thriller for high school characters. I didn't expect it at all. Because I was just assuming that we were picking something like a little bit lighthearted. And then, like when I actually found that it was thriller, I was like, yes, dear God, yes. <laughs> I love thrillers, especially psychological thrillers. So this show is like absolutely something that there was probably no way I wasn't going to like it. Um, so I'm glad that it played out the way that it did that yeah. it kept up that momentum it, it's helping me take baby steps towards that genre because really i don't tend to watch those types of things for mm. nightmare reasons but if i can handle something like this it makes me think oh i can maybe go watch come and hug me and be kind mm. of okay like it, it might be like my little kitty watch pool come, and hug me. <laughs> come and hug me is really good <laughs> that's why i keep hearing so good sometime so we know jesse already plowed through the whole thing mm-hmm. guy is like halfway yep right? i finished episode four today so and, and then we're still on episode one but we finished the first episode finish it? well it's me yeah, of course so you're yes. gonna finish but it but i'm gonna finish it with <laughs> enjoyment rather than with resignment <laughs> if i will finish it eventually at some point because i'll, pro- I'll probably finish it sooner than later it's just there's so much on right now i know that I that's constantly behind so i just don't yeah a lot of good quality stuff is right coming out right now of a of a lighter nature <laughs> yeah true. the amount of shows i keep taking on is ridiculous but that's yeah. okay i've just accepted that it's fine, fine. <laughs> whatever fine. this is the life we choose yeah exactly <laughs> we all have a destiny this yeah is that's our... the, it's the way it's gonna be so fine. <laughs> this is how it is so white christmas was Unexpected, but not unpleasantly so. Mm-hmm. Kind of the consensus. Yeah. So, so even and, though it was my wheelhouse, I, I'm all about it. I really mm-hmm. like it. So. And leading into the next section, there was a beautiful scene involving Esau wearing this scarf that she was just so beautifully filmed as it floats in the air in this I, crisp white wilderness. And she's wearing this scarf like all through the first episode. Like she comes to dinner with this scarf wrapped around her neck and she's 
Apparently, they're not heating the school while the kids are stuck there for Christmas. I don't know, because they're all wearing, like, four layers and scarves and hats. You could see their breath a lot. (laughs) It was was one of those drama specials, like like, uh, like Dream High, where you can tell they did not pay for heating to save, like, production costs. Yeah. (laughs) You know, their breath in the air. (laughs) So, I... I have not watched it closely enough. It, there's a beautiful, beautiful scene at the end where she walks out to the clock tower and she's staring at it and this scarf is blowing in the wind and it just is beautiful. And um, I, at that point, I assumed somebody was going to come strangle her with the scarf because of the way things had led up. <laughs> and, you know, um, She doesn't get strangled with the scarf. Not the first episode anyway. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what comes later. But it's just beautiful. And um, I need to go back and, like, I kept trying to get, like, a screen capture of it um, when it was wide mm. across because I want to see what the stitches, what the lace stitches on the scarf. <laughs> so if any, you know, any of the people listening are fellow knitters who also decide to watch the show you can take a you know closer look at the scarf and if you you know if you know what kind of stitch it is then let me know and I'm probably going to knit myself a Esau scarf so for this week I decided that uh my drink pairing would not be a wine because we do have a member in our group that doesn't drink alcohol and I always feel bad that my pairings are always alcohol (laughs) So you don't need to feel bad. But I still feel bad, okay? We're friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but also, I think a running, like, drink for all of us and for most people, I, I would assume, for the Christmas time, is hot chocolate. Mm. It's just a, a good, nice staple. It's nice to have around. It's, I guess, relatively cheap. It's cheaper than wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also cozy it, it a little. Yeah. Or <laughs> Bailey's it up. That's right. <laughs> Pour some Bailey's. Yeah. Uh, the almond milk Baileys is very good. It's, Ooh, uh, good to know. You don't I want the dairy stuff. And it's like the same price. Uh, you can also make batches of it in the crock pot. And it's just an all around really great drink. You can add some like peppermint to it to make it minty. It's just a, it's a nice drink. So that's my pairing for this week because, you know, we need a comfort drink sometimes. Hmm, I appreciated that. <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> now to talk about fan fiction. <laughs> so I was a bit skeptical that I could find the perfect balance between Christmas, Korean entertainment, and so I'm like a beautiful blend of the absurd with the holiday season. However, I discovered uh, a fan fiction entitled Elf Magic by <laughs> Wattpad user Silkjins. <laughs> Which delivered on all of those fronts. So, the basic plot. <laughs> You're already giggly. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. The basic plot is that uh, Jungkook of uh, BTS fame encounters the mysterious Jimin at the mall while doing some Christmas shopping, only to have him disappear when he looks away for a moment. Only have him then appear again at his house on Christmas Eve, declaring that he is an elf here to deliver Christmas presents as Santa has been dead for years. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really, who makes 
and delivers all the presents. <laughs> so the two of them d- discover a sexual tension between them, <laughs> uh, which ends in a kiss before Jimin declares he's made a huge mistake and that it's forbidden for humans and elves. <laughs> And he has to go back to the North Pole. <laughs> but Jungkook is magically accidentally pulled along with him, only to discover that elf-human relationships are banned because of, like, a massacre. <laughs> he and Jimin are now in legal trouble with, like, the elf council at the North Pole. <laughs> I've, uh, I've pulled out a delightful excerpt to share oh, with all of you. Let me dramatically reenact this. <laughs> this is all still so damn weird. I agree, Jimmy Size. I've never seen such a pretty adult human before. Jesus, I'm talking about having a damned elf in my house, Jungkook mutters, a light blush blooming under his cheeks. And stop hitting on me. Hitting? Jimin's deathly brow gather in confusion. I'm not anyway. What are you talking about? Jungkook shakes his head. Ah, never mind. <laughs> So okay. I remember seeing Jimin as an elf in my I'm head. Right? Yeah. Okay. I love it. I started reading this one uh, expecting nothing. <laughs> like my car was low. But it is much better written than you would expect from such an absurd concept. Uh, it was it was like the most ridiculous one I've found. And I've found some, some ridiculous fanfic. <laughs> um, it's still in the early stages. It's only like six chapters so far. And has been put on indefinite hold by the author. But I'm hoping to continue it. Because it's bizarrely intriguing to read. Like, <laughs> like Do you video. tell me that Sugar is there as like a, like yeah. a, a crutchy yeah. elf? Because I need that. But, Namjoon shows up as another elf uh, who also gets pulled into the legal troubles. Okay. Is he a lawyer elf or something? No, he's just like a rando elf. (laughs) 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 With Jimin. Um, So out of this point where it's at, there's there's nothing really spicy. So besides the two of them kissing. So my my smut warning, low. Oh, send the awesome love on Wattpad. Get in the Christmas spirit. Um, I do have one small criticism, <laughs> tiny criticism of it, um, and it's that Jungkook, like, just accepts that Jimin is an elf almost hilariously quickly, like, one show, <laughs> like, sort of magic, and he's like, elves are real, and then he's just, you know, hanging into my house. Maybe not elf. the brightest bulb in this, this you know, <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. Like, so, so, so stupid, but so good. Uh, it's a fun little read. Uh, find it on Wattpad. Uh, that's Elf Magic by Jin Swa. I kiss my fingers at it. Like, I can say this about, you know, I myself, not, not an army. We all know this. I don't really know anything about BTS. But in the world of Korean entertainment fan fiction, uh, Every other fan fiction is BTS themed. And these armies, they got some creative members, thirsty creative members hanging in the ranks. I, re- I read another pretty smutty one 
about where one of them plays like a like a, a sex therapist. That was <laughs> she's making a face. She's making yeah. quite the Amazingly, face. they weren't like sex therapying each other. It was like, and it was written in the second person. If for people who don't know, you are a character in the novel, and things are happening to you as you read it. <laughs> That was pretty great. But anyway, that wasn't this one. This one's Christmas theme. That was funny. But I just got I gotta hand it to these uh, creative armies for coming up with insanely entertaining and just insane things. <laughs> that was my fan fiction corner. So uh, for music videos and songs, when it comes to holiday or Christmas themed music, there's there's a lot out there. There's there's lots. There's actually a lot coming out too. So keep an eye out for your favorite labels and your favorite groups because they are probably cranking something out if they're active. If you want to laugh, just go check out some Christmas stages of your you know, back in 2006. Oh gosh. 2010. <laughs> Good laugh today. Uh, uh, sharing some of our favorites with each other. And I'll be sure to some good ones. Good as in <laughs> awesomely funny. But pretty much, if your group's been around for a while, they've probably done some version of Christmas. Some not 17 different versions. <laughs> And they probably have sang What I Want for Christmas, because that is evidently the song to sing, for whatever reason. That, or a really bad version of Jingle Bells, which I'm not saying that necessarily the Korean version of Jingle Bells is bad, but it's usually done in a really bad way. I mean, I found an Astro medley that made my ears hurt a little bit. And that's me I've never had that happen before. I do think the songs that come out as music videos of the, associated with labels... Mm-hmm. where they take a lot of their artists and they have them sing a song together. Some of those are actually really good They because they spend a little bit more time on it. It's the live stages that you maybe need to be a little bit more leery of or at least take with a grain of salt that it might not be <laughs> the best quality of your artist that you could see. Because specifically the choreography, that's really the best part of a lot of this stuff. I'm telling you. Oh, and in the early 2000s, the hair. Oh, oh yeah. so early 2000s, if you're oh. going back that far, which I encourage you to do so. You're, but, you're in for a wild, wild ride in a yeah. tree. Oh, yeah. Well, I, one of them I was watching, I think it was 2006. I was trying to peek. It was an SM Town thing. So I was trying to peek it because Super Junior, sometimes they looked way different. It wasn't just hair. They just actually appeared very different. But you know, looks exactly the same. He is always just this. He looks exactly. The, doesn't matter if it looks like he's wearing a wig. His face just looks exactly the same. It's true. I was like, oh, there he is. And he's always in the middle because you know he's pretty. It's true. And I was trying to pick out Super Junior. I was like, oh, I think that's them. But they actually looked way different back then, and not just the hair. Like they actually yeah. looked way They look so, so little. They're little fetuses. Yeah, and then I, I ran into a couple of fetus uh, big hit. Things, so a couple of the BTS kids, and yes, they were. And they're like kids. <laughs> kiddos. They're little. They're little teeny little baby face. Thinking very well. Children. Oh, beautiful, beautiful voiced, beautiful voiced little angels. Their testicles hadn't dropped yet. They could hit those falsettos. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I do. Leave it to that. <laughs> That's why you keep me around, right? Comments. <laughs> <laughs> that note, thank you for listening. Um, 
We love hearing from all y'all. You can find us on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, but I don't think any of us ever update it. I'll um, update it. I swear. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, all, I'm, I'm also in charge of the Instagram, and I'm bad at updating it as well. So, no, no shame. No shame. Uh, we love hearing things on from y'all on Twitter. You can follow us there. You, we have all our individual Twitters up, too. We love talking everything K Entertainment. You can listen to us on uh, YouTube, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, I, what is podcast, and then Podbean, where we, uh, we start. And Spotify. And Sp- oh, and Spotify, that's right. Uh, we hope that you have an amazing holiday, whichever one that you celebrate. We got Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus, whatever you do you, when we hope you have a safe and fun winter season. Bye. 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 Bye.